Come ahead, Brother Ray. Good evening, folks. Well, a lot of little things sometimes bother you, but uh, I told you this morning uh, I forgot my watch, and I guess that was good for me. Might not have been so good for you all. Well, I started the church tonight, and the GPS said you to go on, and I said, that's not right, but I guess she knows what she's doing. But you better not listen to them strange voices. I don't know where she knows how to drive or not, but she doesn't know where she was. And so she took me on a journey around town, and I got over there to a certain place, and it was about at the end of things, and she said, you've arrived. I thought, well, if I've arrived, I've arrived at the wrong place. So I had to punch it in again. But, I, you know, I was out of place or misplaced, but uh, I wasn't lost. You understand what I'm saying? I wasn't lost. Um, but I just had to get back on the right track. That's what we need to do in every matter. Now, the problem in a meeting like this, because we're making the effort to see revival in our own personal lives to begin with, right? Isn't that right? That's where it has to begin. And then as we move along, uh, we don't need to get in such a hurry that we can't wait on God. Do you, do you see where I'm coming from? So be careful with that and think it's over and we haven't even, uh, it's kind of like you're going, you know, to uh, Africa and you um, think that you're almost there and you haven't even gotten the car yet to where you could get to the airport. So sometimes we run ahead of God, but you'll never run ahead of God obeying his word and and be a man or woman of prayer. I want to talk a little bit about revival. I've got a lot in my heart and mind, and I'm trying to seek the Lord of what he wants me to give in this meeting. There's a passage that's in Genesis chapter number 45. And I'm going to, uh, I really am going somewhere else, I think, but I want, to gi- I want to give you this. It has to do with the word revival. It has to do with the word revival. And it has to do with a man by the name of Jacob. And that's Genesis 45, and when you find that, uh, go down to verse 25, and I'll begin reading there. And uh, we'll look at this. There's one thing especially, or two or three, that I want you to notice. First of all, Jacob is about as low as he can get. And with things that's going on around us in these days, if we're not careful, we will actually give up. See, he had reached a point that he had just practically given up. But God had arrangements for Jacob, and he has arrangements for you and I. So watch what he said in verse 25 of the book of Genesis. Actually, there's good news for Jacob, but he just don't realize it yet. The Bible said, 
And they went up out of Egypt. He's talking about Joseph that uh, he thought he's dead. And a lot of times I think we think the Lord's dead. But he's not. He's much alive. And so they went up out of Egypt and came unto the land of Canaan. Boy, that's where we need to get. That's what I'm really preaching for. I'm preaching that we cross the Jordan and get over into Canaan. Now the danger we have is stopping too short. That's what the first group that came out of Egypt did. They came out of Egypt, and when you're coming out of Egypt, that's the picture of salvation. The Lord brought them out. And he brought you out. And he brought me out. If you're saved, and if you're not saved, you never have been brought out of Egypt because Egypt is a type of the lost person and a type of the world. So the place that we need to get is we don't need just to move into Canaan, but we need to move away over into Canaan. Most of us don't ever possess the land that God has for us. All of us can accomplish a lot more than we ever think we can. Now listen to me closely. A lot of times Christians get it in their mind. I can't do anything. I can't accomplish anything. That's one of the, that's one of the lies of the devil. He is a liar. He's a murderer. And he's the father of all lies. And he'll tell you that you cannot have revival. He'll tell you you can't do anything for God. But I've been saved all these years, and I've seen times when God called on me to do things, and one of them is preached that I didn't think I could do, but I've never had God to give me an assignment yet if I lined up with him by what he'd take me on down the road. And I bless the Lord God for that. Watch what he's got to say. The Bible said, and they went up out of Egypt. Now that this is Joseph and his brethren and his brothers, and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father. Now watch this. And told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. I believe we ought to kindly get a hold of that in our churches, young people. We ought to get a hold of this, that Jesus is still alive. Us older folks, we ought to get a hold of it. Christ is not dead. He is risen. He is much alive. I'm going to tell you why I know I've been walking with him and he's been walking in me all of these years. This past March, in the month of March, God saved me from my sin. I've been saved 65 years. And this month I've been preaching, started preaching, 66 years ago. So I've been in the ministry 66 years. I've seen a lot of things, young people. But I want to tell you, there's never been anything that's ever come my way but what my Lord has been able to look at. I bless Him. I praise His wonderful name. We don't need to act like He's dead. He's risen. He's still in charge. 
Now, a lot of folks think they're in charge up in, up in Washington, but they're not in charge. God's just letting them do some things the devil wants them to do. But one of these days, God's going to show all of us who's really in charge. And it'd be good if we church folks would begin to realize that now. Oh, yes, I like this. This here kind of stirs me up, don't you? And Jacob's heart was, the Bible said, let's look at verse 26. And told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he's governor over all the land of Egypt. So all that's going on out here that you don't, you, you know, you think it's so bad and it's so difficult and it's so sinful and it's so wrong. That's right, but I want to tell you who's governor over it all. His name's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing that ever that God ever learns. Let me make a statement. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? And has it ever occurred to you that God always has been? God always will be? And I won't tell you something. If you're in Him, it doesn't make any difference what they think out there or what they think up in Washington. If you're in Him, you're a lot better fixed than most of them. Isn't that right? And I don't want to just preach. Uh, you know, I, somebody said we ought not preach on politics. I'm trying to preach a little bit on good government. I believe God ordained good government. And I would we had some more good government. And we have in some places. So that's just a rabbit I ran. Let's go on. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. Now watch Jacob. This is where we are a lot of times. And Jacob's heart fainted. Oh, don't you feel so weak sometimes? Don't you feel so helpless? I do. I sat there before I got up here and I thought, Oh, Lord, if you don't help me, them people are going to be the most disappointed folks they are because I don't have it in my own strength. Whether you're young or whether you're old, you need the Lord. You need the Lord, and I need the Lord. And Jacob's heart was faint. You know what a person is when they faint? They're completely useless. Did you ever faint? Did you ever faint? I did one time. I had some kind of virus, I, and I broke my broke my leg. And, you know, you just get out all the sorts when you faint. And I couldn't help myself. But I had some friends, one of them was my wife and some others. What I'm trying to point out to you is Jesus is on the job. And he'll look after you. And he'll do whatever is needful. Right here is the thing that I want us to see. You know what was Jacob's trouble? Same trouble you and I have. That's the reason we don't have revival. And if you're not careful in this meeting, you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to give up on it. You'll get so far when it doesn't appear that God's doing anything much. And there'll be up times and there'll be down times. And there'll be times that you feel stronger about what God's doing than there will be at other times. And if you're not careful, you'll let weakness or you'll let the flesh or you'll let feeling bad. Uh, well, there was no use to start this to begin with. So what happens to Jacob? The Bible said, if you'll notice... For he believed them not. Unbelief 
is the one of the greatest sins, if not the greatest sins, that there are. As your faith is, so shall it be unto you. When you pray, if you do not pray, believe in God. I said this this morning, I think. I want to run it by you again. When you pray, if you don't believe God, you don't believe the Bible, you can wrestle and you can pray and you can fret and you can do everything that you want to do and there's nothing wrong with that if you're just getting to the point where you can believe. But a prayer without true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and this Word right here and the power of the Holy Spirit I'm here to tell you if that's not working in you, you are wearing yourself out and you need to ask God, God help my unbelief. The disciples was in that state. And down through the ages, the church has been in that state. I don't know, but this afternoon, God just kept putting it in my heart. Unbelief. Unbelief. I want to believe God that you're going to have revival. I want to believe God that we're going to go on with the Lord. The most dangerous thing that you're in right now is the church. Are you listening to me? And as a people, you know the dangerous, most dangerous place you're in, this pastor's prayed, and God has put it in his heart that this is time for this church to have real revival. And he is leading you, but it's just like the children of Israel was when they came to Kadesh Barnea. They would not believe that God was able to take them across, and if he did, they felt like they could not fight the giants. So you know what they... Come up to the place all of itself, Joshua and Caleb. They said, Why them giants is so bad over there in the land of Canaan? Said, We are just like a bunch of grasshoppers. We don't need grasshopper religion. We don't need to live like that we are a group of grasshoppers. Our God is with the Calvary. Our Savior shed his precious blood. He poured out his life. Nobody's ever suffered like Jesus suffered for all of us. He so suffered in three hours all of your hell, all of your sin. He suffered it all. And I'm telling you now, the devil thought he had him. But on that they took him down and put him in that tomb. But on that third and appointed morning, you know what happened? When the devil didn't know what was going on, he got up out of the grave. There is no salvation if you do not believe that Christ is risen. He rose from the grave. Up from the grave he arose. Hallelujah to God he arose. You know what? He lives inside of me. Sometimes your preachers get all stirred up. 
If God stirred your soul like he stirred mine, well, you preach or not, you'll get stirred up. Amen. God help us to, this religion is dead. It's dead in last year's burden is. We need to recognize that God's still in charge, folks. He didn't believe. Can you believe? Are you really pressing in? You know what I'm saying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you asking God to speak to you out of this book? That's what I'm trying to do. In fact, until I got down here, I had not even thought of that verse, and God took me to it. And unbelief. You know what the Bible said? And for he believed them not, but the best is yet to come. The Bible said, and they told him all the words of Joseph. Joseph is a type of Jesus. You know that? Joseph is a type of Jesus. So what did they tell? What did Jacob need? He needed to know all the words of Joseph because he was a type of Jesus. And you know what we need? We need to know the words of Jesus. We need to know his word. And if I know his word, and I believe his word, there's nothing from hell to have water or anything else that can stop his church. God's church. He has not forgot you. And I want you to know he won't ever forget you. When my dear wife, and I love her still, she's in glory and I'm down here. But we're going to get back together um, one of these days. But, you know, the thing about the whole matter is when she got ill 17 years ago, and I made those trips north and I came home and she said, Ray, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. And she's home, you know, and I got there. And she said to me, um, I know you've got all these places to preach, and why don't you just put me somewhere, and uh, you can just preach all the places. And I looked her in them blue eyes, brother, preacher, and you know what I told her? I said, now, I don't know what we'll do, but we will not do that. I'm going somewhere with this. And so I went down out from Atlanta, I took Vance Hafner's book. I might have said something about this this morning. I don't know, but I need to tell it again. I did. I might have started it. I'm start, bad to start things and not finish it up. Lord, I told the preacher about it, pastor about it. I took the Bible and I went down there and I spent the whole week and he stayed away from me and that was in the providence of God. And I wept and I prayed and I waited on God. And I said, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? You know, we need to get orders from God. We need, to, we need to know what God is saying to us. We need to listen to, to find this way. The pastor said tonight, one of the best things in a meeting is, is you get the right start. You get the right start. And if you get the right start and you stay on track, you'll have meeting with God. And the Lord told me to go home. And God told me to look after her. And 
just preached out a little ways as far as I could, and I never left her at night. This, I, I, ne- I always, when she got where she couldn't get in bed and get out, I'd put her in bed every night. I'd get her up every morning. I would provide, provide all of her. And somebody said, well, how are you going to get by? Well, the same God that fed Elijah when he's down by the brook's the same God that feeds us. If he can feed all the birds and one, you know, every day, don't you think he can take care of us? You know what, God, I knew this was right. You young people, you better watch yourself. You're not married, boys. You, you better be careful. You better get the right woman. If you don't, you're in trouble. Uh, they have trouble. He got Jezebel. You don't need a Jezebel. And I'll tell you something, girls. You don't pay much mind to these fellows. It's always uh, going the wrong direction with you. You better be careful. You'll get the wrong man, and he'll just do you dirty and do you dirty. That's another message, but you need to be careful. And if you're not careful, no telling where you're going. I got the wrong, I got the right woman. Amen. Praise God. I I saw her and. And I said, that's the one I want. That's the one, you know, girls, I just saw her and I knew she was the one. Boy, if you don't know she's the one, you better just pass that nub. <laughs> Praise God, I kind of feel like preaching. Uh, the Lord is so good. So I come home and you know what I told her? She said, Ray, what you going to do? I said, Jesus would never forsake his bride. And I will never forsake you. I'm preaching now. Jesus is not ever going to forsake you as an individual if you know him. And I'll tell you something else. Jesus is not going to forsake his church. Hallelujah to God. I like to preach kindly country every once in a while. Praise God and pass the admonition. And the admonition is the word of God in prayer. We need revival. And there is revival. Hallelujah. And they told him all the words of Joseph. You can't get by with one of them little old short prayers in, in one verse a day. Oh, man, that beats nothing, I guess. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. Oh, his brothers was telling him, this is what Joseph is saying. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. This is what Jesus is saying. He's telling us we can have revival. And I'm going to get down and talk to you about some other things, I believe, a little bit down the line. But I want to finish this part up right now. Watch this. The Bible said, you know what happened to, watch old Jacob. Praise God, this is what we need in this church this week. That's what I need in my life. That's what you need in your life. The Bible said, and they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he, who? Who is he? Jacob. That's what we need to do. Watch him. He said, when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him. 
Praise God, you know what I like to see? I'd like for us to see the wagons before I leave here. Right. I'm talking about them heavenly wagons of God. He's got blessings that we've never even thought about. He's got power that we've never seen manifest. He's God. He can do anything, and He can do all things that's in His purpose and in His plan. The devil, the world, or nobody else can stop God. You can't stop him, I can't stop him, I can't start him. But I tell you what I can do, I can obey him and you can too. And while God had me there at home, I I wrote that first book on the essentials of salvation. You know what God was doing? He was shutting me up. He wanted me to get in what I'm doing. We're sending the gospel up to 150,000 at a time to China to uh, uh, Africa, another place in Africa, a 100,000. And we're just sending it out across America. America needs the Word of God. They need the right Word of God. These little, these little things that's going on in our churches and a lot of churches today is God's nowhere in it. It's run by the devil. I'll get back on the wagon in a minute, but i got to run a little bit down this way. I want to tell you something. You young folks better be careful. You know what will happen to you if you're not careful? And older folks, too. We all better be careful. You can be deceived. There's three ways you can be deceived. Number one, you can deceive yourself. Well, that just seems like that's just too hard and too complicated. There's nothing too complicated for God. You know what can happen otherwise? You young people better watch your friends. All of us better watch our friends. Because, did you know what? You better watch these preachers that don't preach you the whole counsel of God. They'll deceive you. That's number two. And number three... The devil will deceive you. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He don't even know truth. He never told the truth. He is a liar. Better watch him. Watch this. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph, a type of Jesus, had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. What we need to see is we need to see him. We need to believe him. Well, what what do we do about having revival? Get so in love with Jesus you cannot stand it and just go to him and tell him about it. Just tell him about it. He's listening. He's there. He Just tell him about it. You've been doing that. Just keep it up. And keep it up. And next thing you know, when you least expected it, God will blow through this place. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Now, what does it mean to be revived? The word revived 
This is a Hebrew word in revival right here, and it means to live. We don't need to die in our churches. You're the remnant. The same God that saved you if you've been saved all those years is the same God that's with you today. And those great revivals we saw in the past when folks would go out in the woods, I've seen 50, 75, I guess, men go out in the woods. We didn't have any air conditioning in those days. They'd, they'd get down on their knees right out there in the leaves and they'd call on God for their children. They'd call on God for their grandchildren. They'd call on God for their neighbors. They'd call on God for one another. And I'm telling you, the power of God had fallen. Old sinners of the worst kind come down to the altar and get saved. We're dealing with hearts and minds that's filled with everything that wrecks a life in these days and hearts are so cold and so hard that it's going to take the mighty, mighty power of God to revive them out of that and save them out of that. Now, I need to clear that up. God don't revive sinners. God saves sinners. Right? He don't revive sinners. He saves sinners. But you know what God does? He revives saints. He lets us know I'm alive. He lets us know I'm concerned about your granddaughter. I'm concerned about your grandson. I'm concerned about your son. I'm concerned about your daughter. I am concerned about you personally. And just keep on pressing on. I had a brother. I have a brother. In fact, I had three brothers. There's four of us. And um, so back there in the early days, after I got saved, I tried to get one. He was younger than me. tried to reach him. The younger one was reached, and my twin sister was reached, and, and I tried to reach Donald. And Donald, was, in his way, was a good man. But we had come up hard, and we had had some hard knocks, you know, because of alcohol and some things like that. And Donald said, I don't want my children to do without. And he was a businessman. And he was a good one. But when you leave Jesus out of your life, it don't really matter which way you go and how much money you make. And people need to learn that. Money is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And he is... He had three children... And his home fell apart. You know what's got us in trouble? Homes are falling apart over this country. The church has never been up against what we're up against in my lifetime. But that don't mean that God is not still working. So Donald, he made lots of money. He came up millionaire at least two times. But sin will take you down the road this far. And after a while, you dabble in sin and you live for money and you have it. And the, this is what's wrong with America. Money is good. Don't get me wrong. You can't do without it. But you ought to let Jesus be the steward and you just obey him. And he'll look at you. 
oh, he'll test you to see if you're really going to believe him. But I'll tell you now, we used to pack the cotton baskets full and press them down. And if you'll obey God, he'll pack the, sometimes he'll pack the money down a little bit. And sometimes he'll withdraw it just to see if you're going to stay with him or leave him or stay with him. God, you know, you wouldn't be worth nothing if God didn't put some trouble upon you. And and I wouldn't be worth nothing either. Well, I'll tell you everything's in a mess. Well, some things is in a mess, but I'll tell you right now, God's church, though we're not perfect, we're not in a mess. You don't forget that. Well, a lot of people's quit God or they've gone somewhere else. I'm going to get, I've got to see if I can pull this thing back in the right gear. So, the Hebrew word means, revival means to live. One meaning of the word revival is the idea of recovery. That's where we are. We need to recover some things in our churches. I need to recover some things in my life. You need to recover some things in your life. If you're coming to church when you want to, and you're staying out when you don't want to, you're not right with the Lord. If you're coming to church and you want everything to be comfortable, and you don't want to get uncomfortable... And you just want to come and, and say, well, it's all over and Jesus is going to come and get us out of this mess. He is. But it may get a lot worse before he gets here. And if things go like they're going now in this country, young people and older people and all the rest of us, are you listening to me? The way they're going now, you better be on board with the Lord because you are going to need him. You're going to need him bad. You know the people I believe is going to shine? If things keep going in our country, and I love America, I'd go to battle now for our country. Men has died and women has died and families have lost loved ones. Oh, how much blood has been shed that we might have liberty and freedom in this country. And the devil... And the, the devil and a lot of people that's in politics, we, God wants good government, good government's good, and if you can get somebody good to vote for, you better vote for them. Keep running off a little bit. So, the idea is recovery. The idea is restoration. Jacob's unbelief defeated him. That's what defeats me and you. Right? Isn't that right? Defeats us. I start to tell you about my brother. So my older brother prayed for him. My older sister prayed for him. I prayed for him. My twin prayed for him. All of us prayed for him. My mother prayed for him. My grandmother. That old, that godly mother of mine, that godly grandmother prayed for my brother. And he reached a point that he had to go on dialysis and he had really just didn't have anything. And we we wouldn't give up on him. We loved him. We told him we loved him. We talked to him about the Lord. And everything about COVID is not bad. My wife went to heaven. That to me was bad, but for her it was good for her to get out of her suffering. She had suffered for 17 years. 
We was in a meeting at Calvary in Kingston. And they called me. And they said, Donald's in the hospital at Calhoun. That's where I grew up. And Sue grew up. And said, he's got COVID and they won't let nobody in to see him. I said, well, okay. I said, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'll be down there. I live two hours and a half from Calhoun. I live up in Tennessee. I said, I'll be down there between now and church tonight. Don't ever underestimate God. That's our trouble. We have too much unbelief. And I got someone to drive me, and I said, let's get down there. And I went in. And I'm not somebody that, you know, I'm not a big preacher. I'm just God's preacher. I'm just God's man. And I believe God. Maybe not all the time, but I believe God. And I got down there. I went to the desk, and I said, I'm a pastor, and my brother's here. I drove two and a half hours to get here, and he's got COVID. And I want to ask you, could I go and see him? He's dying, no doubt. He's going to die. And if he dies, he's going to die without God. He's going to die without God. That woman went back there and said, I'll check with the nurse and we'll see. And she came back out. And she said, she said for you to come on in. I went back there and she said, we haven't let nobody else in, but under the circumstances, we think we'll let you in. And I went in there and he was laying there and he said, what are you doing here? I said, I come to see you. That's what I'm doing here. He said, I knew you'd come. He said, I knew you'd come. I said, I come because you're this close to hell. You know, if you're not saved, you may be that close to hell tonight. You're already, because you've not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, you're lost, you're on death row if you're not saved. You may have a little profession, but if Jesus is not in you, and you've never been born again, you're on death row. Now, the fellow down at the, down at the penitentiary that knows he's going to die six months from now, He's on death row, but you may be a 16-year-old or 17-year-old or 21-year-old or a 9-year-old, but if you don't know Jesus, you're on death row and you may die before you get home. And I give him the word of God again. You know what he told me? He said, well, I know one thing for sure. I know whatever Lamar, that's my oldest brother, he's almost 90 now. I know whatever Lamar tells me. And I know whatever you tell me is right. It's worth living for God. It's worth living for God to see your loved ones saved. It's worth being clean. It's worth walking with God. And I gave him all I could, and he said, he said, I'm wore out. I just can't. I don't know, but that day God put something in him. And they called and said he's doing better. He's doing better. On Monday, they said he's doing better. And on Tuesday, they called back and said he's, uh, he's had a heart attack. He's not doing good. And I said, I'm going back down there. And I, my older brother said, I'm going with you. Somebody said, what if you get COVID? I said, 
I'm ready to meet God. I'll lay my life down for my brother. I'll give my life for his salvation. We need to have it all on the altar, folks. That's where we're missing it. We got down there, and his son had talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, tell both of them to come on up and see him. And the doctor said, we haven't let nobody else in, but we think you need to see him. And the nurse said, we don't know where that he'll respond or not. And we prayed. It looked like he's in a coma. And my brother said to me, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, but I'm not ready to leave here. I'm not ready to leave here. He said, I'm not either. I'm not telling you a fairy tale. I'm telling you something that's real. I've never seen many deathbed professions. And we, st- we prayed. And I said, you get up here close to him. You haven't spoke to him. And I was a praying. I don't know how you explain it, but you know, if you've ever prayed, there's a place you can get that you enter in behind the veil. You enter in with God. And God talks to you just like me talking to Brother Tommy and Brother Tommy talking back to me. Do you have that do you have that relationship with God? That's the kind of relationship you need with God, young people. And we prayed probably three, five minutes, and my brother said, he's opened his eyes. Well, you're just telling us some tale. Call it a tale if you want to. Praise God. I believe in old-time power. I believe in old-time religion. All this junk that's going on, make your profession, go your way, live like you want to, you're going to heaven. You better not believe that. You don't have any fruit, you'll know them by their fruit. And I said to my brother, Donald, you do know that you've got a short time, a very short time. Do you know that if you die, you're going to hell? And he nodded his head. Then I asked him, I said, have you called on the Lord? I had told him. Let me reverse my story. I told him on the first trip, you're going to hell. And on the second trip, I said, look at me. Have you called on the Lord? And he said, yes. I said, have you asked the Lord to save you? Yes. I said, well, has he saved you from your sins? I said, do you know if you die today that you'll go to heaven and you won't go to hell? He said, yes. There was a nurse outside, and she was a real nice nurse. And I asked her when I went in, I said, are you saved? Do you know the Lord? She said, yes, sir, I know the Lord. I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. She's a black lady, but she knew God. She said, I've been baptized. I go to church. I know the Lord. I said, would you do something for me? She said, I will, if you want me to. I said, I want you to ask my brother these questions. Have you called on the Lord and asked him to save you? And she asked him, you know what he did? He said, yes. said, has he saved you? He said, yes. 
Do you know that if you die today, do you know that you're going to heaven? Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that? He said, yes. By the time that was over, he had used up all of his energy, and he shut his eyes. And the nurse said, he'll never come back in this life. The doctor said, he'll never come back. Said, now you can stay as long as you want to, but if you need to go, we'll take care of him. We'll look after him. I went on back and went back to Calvary, drove back home. I got back home and I was tired. Two hours later, they called me after I got back. They said, he's going to be with the Lord. Now that is remarkable. But I'm going to tell you, I want to tell you something. If you're praying for your children, you're praying for your grandchildren, you're praying for people that you love, and you don't think there's any hope for them, that's the lie of Satan. If we'd have give up, I don't know what would have happened, but we never give up. Don't ever give up on them. God's a loving God. The devil will tell you as a young person that God hates you. But John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You can be saved. God loves you that much. But this is the, this is the problem. But he that believeth not, if you are an unbeliever sitting here, church membership or not, we're talking about unbelief. God's brought me right back there. Do you notice it? He that believeth not. You know what's happened to him? He's under condemnation. He's under judgment. I was working with a fellow. I'm about done. Stay with me just a little bit more. We can do that. I'm about finished. John, John 3. I want to make sure I get this just right. John 3 and 11, 12, 13. We're down in, we're down in 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come just to judge you. You know why he came? But that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. But here's where the sinner's in trouble. I saw a man come to God, and he said, when you read that verse, it showed me where I was. He's my friend today. He's been saved over 50 years. For God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All right, watch 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. If you believe on Christ, you place your faith in Christ. If you turn from your sins and believe on him, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now you can sit in this building and you're preaching and you're preaching and you're preaching. But if you don't, you are already, if you're not saved, you're under the judgment of God. And you cannot go out of this building tonight 
And there's been many times you could not go out of this building. And if you die before you get home in an automobile accident or something and say that I was not warned, you ain't going to have any promise of tomorrow. We are burying young people across this country and older people too. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you know God. Don't go to hell for nobody. Come to the Lord. Let us stand. I'm done, preacher, I think.